Hello everyone, welcome back to the left page. Yay, we're back. Finally, you have yeah. no idea what has happened in between. From technical <laughs> troubles to health issues. Uh, we thought Bruno had COVID for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, but we're back. I'm Frank, your yeah. historian. We're excited. Excited. Yeah. We're heading to Christmas and New Year's. I'm alive. I thought I was just going to be turned into a corona zombie, but I'm I'm well. And it was a it was a false alarm because I just had uh, someone near uh, near my family that that was uh, with a uh, it's called a suspect of corona. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it was suspected that uh, she was with corona, but she wasn't. And then I entered into a, a placebo conundrum and went into a spiral of oh my god, I think I'm dying. I I don't know what's happening, but I was actually a, a bit strange, like uh, sore throat and and those things. And then someone, imagine you're already not feeling that great, and then someone comes to you and say, "Ah, oh, maybe you are with the the Rona." And then I was just <laughs> like, "Oh shit, <laughs> it's it's the end." But I I was actually fine. And then Frank's PC died. And then the day that we went to do something uh, to to actually record this episode, Frank was without electric energy in his in his house as well. It's worse than that because, like, for about two to three weeks until that day when we had no power, the the voltage for like the whole electrics for my building specifically uh, was fluctuating wildly <laughs> for weeks. So, oh you know, the internet was mad, uh, yeah. <laughs> things were unreliable, lights, you know, the, the, uh, it was rising and then falling again, so it was like, mm, mm. <laughs> that was, uh, oh, I just Haunted realized you, style. yeah, I just realized you can't see the gesture I'm making because it's an <laughs> audio format, but oh well, uh, that's, so that's what has happened for December, uh, sickness, yeah technical issues madness i'm losing my mind uh, yeah but it's all good because we're gonna talk about christmas in the best yeah. way possible yay yeah. <laughs> so today I, I i picked um a very short short story from yeah. china mieville who if you haven't heard he's uh, a uk academic writer and all-around great socialist fella <laughs> So he has a lot of interesting writings, both in a more academic sense and also fictionally. Uh, <laughs> and this short story was actually like, it was published on, where was it? It was Socialist Review. Uh, where is it? It's, yeah, Socialist Review uh, from the UK and Holy Free. And I actually got it beforehand from um, <laughs> the book fair last year. Uh, freely distributed and translated, though I prefer the original, and you'll hopefully see why. Yeah. And it's called "Tis the Season," <laughs> and it is all about uh, capitalism taking over Christmas. Somehow, what if it was worse? Because of course it can be worse. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking. Oh well, I'll go over this soon. I kept thinking about Disney when reading this short story. <laughs> about Disney. Yes. Uh, but basically yeah. is, what if Christmas and all products and symbols of it were privatized in the sense that uh, 
they're all trademarks. So if you want to use them, even for your own private parties, you need to pay royalties. Otherwise, you get caught by the, what is it, uh, the Yo Police, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, heavy, heavy fines and jail and horror. Uh, So that's, that's the world building. And in the story, we follow, it is very classic because we have this divorced single dad uh, trying to provide for a very good Christmas for his daughter, Christmas Dean. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to keep saying this as long as we talk about this story. It's going to get annoying, but necessary. Yeah. <laughs> so he wants to do a good Christmas TM. But since he's not in the best financial situation, he was like, okay, I'm going to try and improvise as people do, you know, like you, you make sort of a newspaper kind of trees and you can use mistletoe TM. So you use, <laughs> I don't remember the other thing, but and you can use holly yeah. TM as well. So, you know, you, you got to adapt. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get caught by the Yo Police. Yeah. And fortunately, he gets, he wins a raffle for participating in the actual, like, the big wigs uh, Christmas TM party. And yeah. they even select uh, whatever gift you want to give. Like, they arrange it. It's all, all expenses, everything paid for you. So it's like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to be able to do the best Christmas ever for my daughter. Yay. Um, And then they they go off to the party, but they get caught in the midst of uh, Christmas riots (laughs) is the best (laughs) way to define it. Uh, Exactly. A lot of analogies, a lot of references. They run into the red and white blocks. Uh, There's just, uh, you know, nothing quite like Christmas riots. So that was fun. And as it turns out, as a true Christmas carol, it all ends up that it wasn't about the rich gifts. It wasn't about being the Christmas TM party. It was about actually spending time together, even in a riot, and truly finding out what does uh, actually the season's about. So, and then they end, uh, father (laughs) and daughter, and they do not go to the rich party. Yeah. But enjoy a simplicity with a simple, modest gift, and because that's what it's all about. And it was the best Christmas ever for yeah. for him and his daughter together. Yeah, and I and I love this this short story because uh, as I was talking to Frank, it's it, I I find it I, I don't know if I have read uh, just a few of this kind of. These leftist short stories that that treat uh, things like Halloween or Christmas or this these general holidays, but I mean I find it so uh, appealing to read China Miaville work because it, he he has this sort of lightness to the way he treats these these themes, and he doesn't go into this this uh, ultra elaborate ways of uh, trying to criticize things with theoretical, theoretical gibberish and, and trying to please, like, oh, I know a lot about what I'm talking about. No, this it's just a simple story with a really acid humor about uh, how <laughs> it would be ridiculous, like Santa TM and Holly TM and 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 Christmas tree TM and and all of those crazy shit. That it's uh, uh, actually, as I was thinking about, it's not even uh, that far away from our reality in, in in certain manners. So it's and it ends in a way that is not 
ultra like oh my god in, in such an innovative way he doesn't need to to do a, a, an innovative ending because the whole innovation and the whole uh, fun of the idea of the short story is the way that he goes through the story the way that he that he goes inside the mind of the dead and to to the way that the dad thinks about trying to please his his daughter and then the the wow. relations with uh the the christmas riots and and all of those things so i i really thought it was really original at the same time that it was it was easy and nice to read it was it was a really nice way of uh, it, i think it's a short story that can go through uh lots of readers even though they are not uh marxist leftists and 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 all of those things like a, a normal person a normal person <laughs> uh, a, a person that is just like uh, a 40 year old lady can take this short story and go like oh imagine it would be ridiculous if something like that happened so i i think it really gets uh it it really gets done what what it wants to to get done definitely and it's really interesting because there are very specific references about what he's talking about so like he gets uh, he does some really mighty and fun jabs at like other <laughs> leftist groups and, and what they can mean so to give an example like there is the here it is there's a, a man in a sharp dress type at the edge of the crowd he sneered and gave me a leaflet institute of living marxist ideas why we are not marching <laughs> so you like as someone who is familiar with leftist discourse, you know exactly what he's talking about <laughs> and the type of people and organization that he's talking about. They're exactly. Like, oh, uh, th it's Christmas. Why revive this Christian tradition? Why connect with this? Um, when we, while we, and in the meantime, while we're reading the story, we see like, because it's not. That's like the thing. That's the why the story works so well as like leftist literature. If if, if maybe that's a crude way to put it, but it's it's true. It it has a clear point. It does it well in a fun way. <laughs> that is like here is how these things come together. And it's like oh, it, you have a red flag of a <laughs> Marxist face with a Christmas hat on. So that that's fun. <laughs> and you have like socialists for Christmas and, and all these things. And these people are marching and you have Christians for Christmas and they're all together. And it is like in the best and most beautiful way possible, like a mass movement for Christmas and for like against trademarks, against copyright law and that whole sort of thing. So it's yeah. very, it is a very sharp text in a really yeah. good way because it, at the same time, it's like it's a story about like sort of coming together and what is important. At the same time, it's like you know this is what we are after, and these are other ways that people have gone after how certain ways that don't work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's fun. Yeah. Uh, before I, I forget, because there, there are a couple of other things that I want to mention, but just the because um, I mentioned at the beginning that I, I thought a lot about Disney when reading this short story because well copyright law uh, Disney is basically the one pushing for copyright law because you know they get rich off of it and yeah. there's a whole 
I think it's still going where one of the I, I won't remember exactly their name or uh, I think I'm not sure if it was comics or uh, some other thing that was like because they had a particular work and Disney bought like the intermediary that the the person worked for and refuses to pay the actual artist's copyright despite them being you know Disney so there's a whole c- current legal battle to like no you should fucking pay this person because you know their work you're profiting off it and if you yeah. there's like oh we didn't buy directly from them but we bought from the middleman so we don't have to pay them actual <laughs> royalties you basically create a very horrifying uh, precedent so you know <laughs> uh, i kept thinking about how like what if disney private because you know that that's who do it or coca-cola because coca-cola invented christmas uh, yeah <laughs> What would happen if Disney privatized Christmas and with it created their own like sort of police force and whatnot? So <laughs> it, it, it was <laughs> talking uh, about soldier, soldiers dressed as Mickey going through through people in the streets and and just bashing people. Like, did you pay for your fucking rights to to commemorate Christmas this year, you motherfucker? <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, it's ridiculous. And and actually, talking about Disney as well, Mickey will will have his hundredth anniversary and will become uh, public domain, won't it? I mean, that was the idea. D- Disney's pushing copyright law further so that like they Mickey never effectively runs out of. That's ridiculous. Man. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've read about it a while ago, but you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. But from what I'm recalling, like, Disney's basically pushing that, like, no, he, he's never going to go into public domain. He's ours forever until the end of time because he makes the money. And, yeah. you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, where do you want to start? Because, um, I mean, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's just uh, this story makes me so. Ah, <laughs> it makes me happy. It's a story that makes me happy because uh, you know we usually don't read that many riots, and we don't read about like you know. Uh, that's one of the things that made me excited about uh, when we read Dispossessed. There's like you know they're talking about anarchism by name, and we're talking about socialism by name. So you know that's good. <laughs> To actually, so no, th- this is what I'm talking about. It's not like, oh, th- there's nuance. Of course there is, but this is what I'm talking about. So you know, take it or leave it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And that's good because you know uh, that whole thing about words having power, and they do. So to take embrace the 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 word, the name is like you know this in your face, not in a way that yeah. feels. Uh, crude in any way there's a I, I think that's the it's basically a short story of this world building but it works because you have a, as you were saying the classic Christmas story thing yeah <laughs> and it's just fun it's fun reading about a riot that's actually winning <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a particular scene <laughs> we were talking about it before uh, where this almost like uh, Jesus-like figure comes over and there's like, 
in between the red and white block and the the cops they're gonna start bashing people <laughs> yeah the, the the he simply comes over and is like clad in white and starts singing and then it's like oh the cops like oh started crying and putting down their like, weapons oh! <laughs> yeah like this whole angelic thing and it's just yeah. pure and beautiful and i'm like oh, where's this going i was generally giving it the side eye at that point yeah exactly <laughs> But it says, one by one, the police removed their helmets and listened. I could hear the frantic squawking of their superiors from the earpieces they removed. And then they continued singing. The police were smiling and tearful amid a litter of body armor and nightsticks. And then, and then, no, I, I'm going to read this because uh, yeah, read it. it's It's beautiful. the best part, I think. <laughs> The first singer raised his hand. He looked down at all the discarded weaponry. He declaimed to the red and white block. You should not have tried to fight, he said, and they looked ashamed. He waited. You would have been trounced, whereas now, he continued, these idiots have disarmed. Now's the time to fight. And he swiveled, and en masse, he and his fellow singers launched themselves at the police, the robes <laughs> flapping. The helpless cops gaped turned, ran, and the crowd roared and began to follow them. We are the gay men's radical singing caucus, the lead singer yelled in his exquisite tenor, proud to be fighting for a people's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's so good because it, it, it it's exactly as you said, like, uh, this this, I think the geniosity of this short story is I have already try to to explain but i think it's even better as just as you're seeing right now like uh there's there's this sort of notion that if we need to revolutionize anything or change something we need to leave behind traditions but the whole thing as you said about the power of words the change is within the way we think and deal with traditions and we deal with life and yes. things because as human beings we are it's basically impossible to not form ourselves into groups to not think of of ourselves as uh for example anyone that's born is inside a family is inside a social group and when people, as as we as it satirized in the short story about, oh, we will not march because the <laughs> march is related to a military way, and we are pacifists. Like, man, nobody is going to reinvent the wheel. We we already uh, we already know, and we already have seen how things work and and how things end up in in many societies in many ways in many different years and what's left to, for us to do is basically give it nuance give it um, new ways of thinking about it inside the same thing that that's why uh the the living example of it is our host frank which is a christian <laughs> marxist so uh, that's the the whole fun of it because uh, as i was saying before i'm as well there's this whole Marxist ultra pamphletary literature that doesn't doesn't do the job because there are ten people reading it, and yeah. while there's a China Mieville which talks about Christmas and 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 gets the fun of Christmas and and associates it with these riots and this and this way of 
revolution about like uh, standing up for for your rights and and all of those things and, and and that's the essential part of it it's it's reinventing yourself and doing things in a way uh, that can take more people in and not going like oh we are the group that doesn't march if you want to read our story it's in our website that five people have read in, in the entire history of the website like it's so boring man we definitely need more, we need more uh more alive literature like this yeah I, i think what you were saying about how like taking over and actually looking with sincerity at these traditions and like how can they be important i think that's kind of uh, the story doesn't come out and say it but it makes that message quite clear that like yeah christmas is a christian holiday yeah like uh socialism in many ways historically has uh had like a sort of atheist program or like had that message quite clearly those things are not at odds they don't have to be and i was like yeah that, that's that's me in, in the flesh <laughs> uh, that's like how i find amazing and that's that helps me connect with a particular set of thinking and a way of going about that like doesn't look at with disdain at these things but that actually is trying to like you know how can we make these things work together because like if we actually take a look at the messages it, it is much harder to make christianity work for capitalism than to make it work for socialism it will never stop uh annoying me how these things went about because like when and i'm gonna pull this up immediately because you literally cannot get <laughs> uh more <laughs> more radical than this because what is uh for example in in the gospel of luke you have a particular moment <laughs> uh where which is usually called uh the magnificat and it is also known for a variety of names like mary's prayer and and what not here we go <laughs> he has shown the strength of his arm he has scattered the proud in their conceit he has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty i mean I mean, it, it, there's no ambiguity there. It's like, you're, you're rich, you're powerful, fuck off. You're humble, you're f good heart. You who matter, you who will build the kingdom of heaven on earth. So, you know, yeah. I get annoyed about these things. So yeah. to actually take Christmas, for example, which is a time of joy, ultimately, a time of celebration, of birth, of something new, of salvation... And even at its uh, at the edges of its commercial value of like oh of gifts and exchange like there are good things there it's like communion it's exchange it's reciprocity it's love and care and like you know that sounds a lot like you know solidarity caring about other people you know it doesn't <laughs> sound too f too far from you know socialism yeah. communism yeah. anarchism <laughs> uh, to engage with these things and appropriate definitely but not only that to to effectively do that work for like how are these things not simply like how can these things work for us yes but also like how are these things radical or how can they be radical in in the yeah. in, in, in themselves it is in a to create an analogy because this story is all about analogies yeah the work that i personally do of like 
how, where do I look for the historical in literature? Where can we look for the radical in tradition, in literature, in history? And like, bring it out from the inside to literally yeah. make it explode. Yeah. Because it's there, like, even through, like, the history of capitalism and oppression and violence, like, you know, it looks bleak, it looks dystopic, but, you know, people have been out there doing the work in various scales and times and places and, like, pushing for better. It's the effort yeah. of hope. And that's, well... That's what I've been working on lately with my historical research and reading and conception of like, yeah, dystopias can have some relevance and they've had their relevance for quite a long time. But like to think of hope and Christmas is ultimately a time of hope to think of hope is to think radically and yeah. embracing that against like the bleak against the dystopia, in my case, it's really important. Um, there's a Benjamin quote, which is used by Marcuse, uh, which is where it became most famous at the end of the One Dimensional Man, which is, it is only for the sake of the hopeless ones that we have hope. And it, it is kind of that. <laughs> hope yeah, it must be our, our driving engine for the ones that exactly. can't. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the work of engaging with tradition, engaging with the past, it, it is, it is the necessity here, and it is about like adapting. It is about, as you said, like a living tradition, a living Marxist writing, and that's like that's what we've been doing. That's what the horror vanguard has been doing. Rev Left Radio, Coffee with Comrades. Uh, recently, I didn't tell you this. Uh, and listeners, go after it because uh, he's great. Uh, Labor Kyle ha has a YouTube channel on uh, gaming from a very left perspective, and it's amazing. And he started a podcast, All Gamers Are Bastards, nice. uh, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely a recommendation there. And that's what we've been doing. That's this effort for like a left culture, a left politics, a left history. It is not one of like pure denial or escapism, but it's like, uh, this has been present everywhere, and we have, from our backgrounds, from our readings, something important to share, to analyze. The effort to build this culture that, you know, has theory and it, it grasps and brings it here and there, but that is ultimately going along and beyond it in other directions, because that's exactly. the point. It, like, exactly. <laughs> it is a totalizing effort, and so we go on all fronts. We go on history, we go on politics, we go on current events, we go on poetry, we go everywhere. We go on religion. <laughs> exactly! The Magnificast, yeah. uh, the Protean part, uh, which has another name, I I'm not going to remember. <laughs> uh, but the Marxist poetry part, all of them write good even, talking about writing uh, in a very concrete way. All of them have this varied and ample work. And what we're trying to do is build this collective, communal, totalizing effort that's like, it's a bunch of things, and all of them in various <laughs> Venn diagrams and overlapping points, but it's, it's ample, it's wide, and it's not in a way that like simplifies it, but that goes about and does the work. So it's like, a lot of the times we says, yeah, we're reading this, so you don't really have to. You can, we recommend or not, but... 
you know, we're, we're doing the effort, so you can share on that too. Uh, yeah. This belongs to everyone, so let's make it everyone's. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of, uh, as you said, like of hope. Hope should be a a way of thinking about about unity, about union, so that everyone can can basically. Uh, how can I say it? Uh, basically, everyone can share uh, the goods. Everyone can can do well, and and I and I find it so funny because as as I was saying earlier, like people go against like oh no because religion is a tradition that is based upon the fact that uh, people in an anthropological way tend to group in in excluded groups that have different ideas and this is tradition and we are ultra revolutionary neo marxist ultra insane uh turbo 2.0 uh neo theory <laughs> and then exactly as these people rotulate themselves as as this new group they are doing exactly what they talk that they are against they they bunch up into a excluding group. Uh, they have a list of like rules and and things that you need to do or say or thing to become part of this group, and then it just fails again and again to to integrate and to bring people inside of it in a way that is not that that doesn't involve ridicularization, that doesn't involve this ostracism of theory and of yeah. academicism because the thing that we see the most uh in, in our in, in our case for example in in uh the university of sao paulo uh the university of sao paulo has literally imagine like there's the campus imagine like a small wall and then there's a favela almost uh, swallowing the campus and then there we we lie at the, the, the many institutes that have all of these movements and all of these critics about capitalism and all of these critics about well, the agenda and, and the, all of those things that we are already familiarized with. And then when it's time to talk with these people from the favelas and when it's time to try to integrate, people are so inside of their of their own belly buttons and they're so almost like uh, fetishizing this theory and this sort of intellectual baggage and this knowledge when these people that are these big uh, theorists and, and and we have lots of them and I, and I i don't i don't mean to to diminish the works of those people because there's a lot of people that do a great job of it but at the same time, if we're talking about uh, trying to do, to end uh, the capitalist agenda, if we're trying to say that there are better ways to integrate, then we should be able to think that talking about books that have, for example, few translations or bad translations of a Portuguese that is really difficult to read, that maybe 99.9% .9 of the f people that live in the favelas won't even have access to these books. So, yeah. and people are going like, 
uh, you want to talk about about integrating and you want to talk about X, Y, and Z, but you never read this book that is only in German and <laughs> and things <laughs> like that. So I I mean it's it's uh, again and again we have basically the whole podcast talk about the same thing, but it's it, it's so obvious that literature has this power to group and and we and and we as as leftists and 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 all of the groups that are formed inside of of leftist culture and leftist politics and leftist academicists we we tend to ostracize we tend to go like oh but he's such a a noob he's such a uh, a stupid person because he never read uh x he never thought of why he never uh he never had this position in 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 uh in a specific moment oh he says that he's a uh leftist but look he goes to church oh but look he <laughs> i don't know he lives in in a specific place oh he's not a vegan and then it, the ostracism is, it's that, that saying that we, I don't know if uh, people have it everywhere, but that I have already heard many, many times in Brazil, which is the the, the right wingers don't need to criticize because the, the left wingers, <laughs> the left wingers do their critics to themselves and end up like basically doing the job for the right wing, like for themselves. We... We, we tend to go in, in, in such detail and in, in such uh, infinite discussions that we end up tearing apart the left and the right end up swinging because they are, I don't know, they tend to go in a more simplistic way here in Brazil, for example. And well, well they, the thing is that they usually have the power, so, you know, yeah, exactly. much easier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> much, they, they start ahead. So, but yeah, like I completely agree. The effort that we've been trying to do, and, and other fellows that like we we know, we talk to, and, and that I'm more familiar with, like against the sectarianism, and there's like, yeah, how can we incorporate these things? How can we reach further? How can we act? Uh, Coffee with Comrades, in particular, has an episode. It's like uh, the title is, you know, it's dramatic, but the point is clear: fuck theory, do shit. Exactly, and that's the point. Like I, I, I do a mea culpa on, often, often because you know I, I effectively I'm an intellectual. Like that's just me because uh, social anxieties and you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, society's weird and people are weird. <laughs> but uh, so you know I, I'm at home effectively doing more intellectual work and reading. But like, how can I help? It's like, well all this stuff that I'm reading, how can I share it? And it's a small work. I, I don't want to make it more than it is, but it's a part of it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's about, that's why I say it's like, it's all fronts. So like, seed no ground, really. So we're not going to give up religion. We're not going to give up literature. We're not going to give up poetry. We're not going to give up history, sociology, <laughs> hell, even psychology, psychoanalytics, yep. anything. No, like no fronts or rather all fronts and not in a way that like excludes or like you no know, we're better no it's like we're we're in this together and this effort of like it's not that we all think the same thing or that we even should but it's one rather than one of unity but one of coalition 
and how to do all this together. And like, yeah, I may disagree with certain points with folks from these other podcasts, but at the same, we will always end up on the same page. It's like, you know, we're in this together and we're doing good work and we're advancing and we learn from each other. We talk, we, that's why I think, and this is a personal posture, but one that I bring into the podcast quite frequently or all the time because it's kind of the things like it's one of sincerity it's one of like endearment and honesty yeah it's like yeah no this is the thing like it's not one because that's not me uh one of deep irony or sarcasm i have my moments sure we all (laughs) do but yeah uh, this sincerity feels more relevant on how to like you know facing it all yeah and yeah no i just I completely agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, I was stumbling a bit because I was going no through worries. the ideas inside my mind while I was talking. But uh, I mean, it's it it gets frustrating because uh, I, I tend to joke with uh, with lots of friends and even my my dad. Which in the beginning, I'm, I'm sorry for the the noise as well because my dogs are barking. But no worries. Uh, in the beginning, uh, when I when I entered. Uh, the faculty of letters and there's a whole thing that oh all people inside of university of sao paulo are left-wingers and everybody's a communist and all of those things (laughs) (laughs) and and i and my dad in the beginning was like yeah you will become a a complete communist now and and there was a, a like a little bit of a tension in the beginning and i and i'm actually i'm almost uh, I, I'm actually sad uh, 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 of saying this, but I, I thought that I was going to enter in 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 the faculty of letters and become a total communist. And I entered, and now ending the the graduation, I'm almost like tired of leftist uh, leftist Brazilian student movements because it's so fucking unorganized and it's so fucking attached to this ultra theory and as you said fuck theory do things it's it's the the pamphletarianism and the oh we will not march and and we will not do x y and z and it's really sad because we end up we end up destroying the movement uh, instead of instead of creating unity having different opinions, but knowing that in the end, we have things in common that we want to do and things in common that we want for the world and not just for our little group of 50 people that uh, use the uh, university money to paint two two banners and put in, in the front of the building and go like, yeah, we are doing a revolution inside of here and all those things. <laughs> and then it ends up giving more work to the people that are already... Uh, underpaid to basically clean the, the 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 banners and clean the bathrooms that are all written, and and people don't see the point in it. it it's it's really sad in the in the end. But then when we read uh, something as this short story, someone as uh, China Meville, which is a, a person that is uh, contemporary and is writing right now and and doing this this uh, this real life uh, basically this real life theory uh, applying to 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 things that people can relate to things that people like as well 
and, and in this moment of Christmas as well, this moment of unity, this moment of cherishing the company and and maybe not the uh, physical company because of Corona, <laughs> but uh, cherishing this these relations that we have, cherishing uh, having a podcast with a friend, for example, <laughs> and and it, it becomes closer to the heart. It com- it, it becomes simpler at the same time that it's new and innovative. So uh, I, I think it's, it, it's really, uh, it, it gives me a, a, a breath of fresh air when I, when I stumble across something like, like this short story. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> as a comment, like I did become much, much more radical when I got into university, but because I was like, but against these student movements, yeah. because, you know, there are about 10 different groups yeah. who always say the same things uh, equal to one another. <laughs> um, why are they different? Who knows? Yeah. And yeah, like, it's just, it's tiresome. It's yeah. horrible. It's really, really bad. Yeah, it's, uh, they, 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 they go inside the class and go like, eh, we will do X, Y, and Z. And that's why we're different from the other groups. Then they go away from the class. Then comes another group knocks on the door, enter. Yeah, we are completely different from that other group because we will do X, Y, and Z. And it's exactly the same agenda and the same things and the same propositions. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the <laughs> that's the process. Yeah. So, you know, I- I'm glad I was never a uh, part of them because, <laughs> you know, they, they would have worked against me. Yeah, really, exactly. Uh, on in, in an intellectual level, I mean. Yeah. Because, well, podcasts helped me. Uh, dealing with all of this and helped me gather and connect with the history and the politics and an action that like you know what does it mean to act in the world it doesn't mean creating sectarian small groups that like oh this is the proper revolutionary party no no you're all just a bunch of students yeah and that's fine yeah but enough with the self the self-deception <laughs> exactly like, that's doing only horrible things. And what it usually does is creating abusive space, as, you know, those classic horrible stories. Exactly. Because, of course. Power. And then we read a, a story like this, where, you know, different people coming together, rioting against corporate Christmas. So, you know, literally two different worlds, and one is clearly so much better than other. Yeah. So, a message from us to you from China Mieville as well. Uh, Tis the season, the season for rioting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So basically for our listeners, have a nice Christmas without the TM in it. Definitely, like, F it. (laughs) Fuck trademark, fuck copyright. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think think we're we're drawing to a close here because we we had fun in this... uh, we, we kind of planned a shorter episode to release on like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending yeah. on when I get to edit this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're already listening to it, but you know. Yeah. Those things. And we have another to record. Uh, we're actually going to be recording the Poetry Club for December. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's going to be fun. It's going to be sad, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, this has been, this has been a fun Christmas episode. Yeah. December was a mess of a month. Yeah. For the end of the semester, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And yet, here we are. We made it. Yeah. We made it. And... And we're doing fine. Here's to 2021. Yeah. Here's to 2021. Yeah. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Here's to a good... 
Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, of course. Exactly. But also, you know, have a great New Year. Have a lovely time with whoever you are in quarantine. And all the love, all the care and solidarity from us down at the Left Page Library. We hope you have a good time yeah. uh, in these in these holidays because, you know, for a lot of people, even without the isolation, can be a bit rough. Yeah. But we're, we're sending a, a, a message from above yeah. <laughs> uh, of love, of care, good of vibes. left politics. <laughs> uh, good vibes. <laughs> Definitely. So I think that's it from us. You can find us on Twitter at leftpagepod. Um, usually tweeting a lot there. And you can find me where I'm talking about stuff that I've been writing and reading, uh, including my research at fr- at uh, Frank Gothic, because that's my Twitter bio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good one. It's a nice and one, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and you can find us also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash left page, uh, where the... The Poetry Club, will, if it's not up, should be coming up soon enough. Yeah. And the reading corner that, at the time of recording, is not done. I'll figure something out. I have a couple ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we hope you enjoy this episode. You hope you have a good time in these holidays as well as you can. And we're all hoping and praying for a not-as-horrible 2021. <laughs> uh, it's not going to get much better. Yeah. But as long as it's not the nightmare that 2020 was, yeah. it's already... <laughs> It's already brighter, <laughs> literally. So, you know, yeah. thank you, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for another year of the left page. Here's to another 2021 for us, for all of us. With love, thank you so much for listening. Until the next one. 